Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Keep You 100 Radio and welcome to our first episode of 2024. This one feels especially wild to say because our first episode was in October of 2021. So we are going on our third year of Keep You 100 Radio. If you are new here, thank you so much for giving the podcast a chance and hanging out with us today. If you're not new here, thank you for coming back and hanging out week after week. At the time of recording this, it's January 1st. Of course, we are going to deep dive into pretty much everything I want you to know walking into 2024, especially if this is the year that you really want to hone into your diabetes management. Chances are you've been here before, right? We've had all these New Year's resolutions year after year, and if you've been living with type 1 diabetes for a while, you may have experienced this before where you have a very specific diabetes goal, A1C goal, time and range goal, whatever it is, and you show up to January 1st of the new year and you're saying this is going to be the year. But we know that old habits die hard and especially living with type 1 diabetes in this generation, we're not given the education and support and accountability that we need in our endocrinologist's office to actually see these goals through. In this episode, I want to take everything that we have taught our Keep 100 clients and basically give it to you all in this episode so that you have a game plan of exactly where to start to actually see your goals through. This is not only where our clients start, but this is exactly where I would start if I was in your position as well. I can guarantee that if you take this episode and you follow these steps, you are going to see results. And not only for the weeks or months that you are implementing these steps, you are going to see results for years to come. Because that's exactly what our framework is about. Our framework is about getting you results for years to come. I'm not the type of person or the type of coach that's going to give you a checklist of habits or give you a meal plan and say, here, take this and that's all you need to lower your A1C or increase your time and range. Yes, there are programs that do that. However, that's not our style of coaching. We help you actually reverse engineer everything that isn't working right now and rebuild new habits, behaviors, blood sugar strategies so that they work not only with your lifestyle, but with your preferences and priorities. Because we know that, again, in our endocrinologist office, these are not things that are taken into consideration when walking through your management. When you take these steps and you take these points that I'm going to give you inside of this podcast, you are going to see that they don't just work for now, they're going to work for the long term. They're going to take you into your next best A1C and they're going to help you stay there and automate your A1C and automate your blood sugar management for the years to come. I was actually just messaging with my virtual assistant, who is actually a former client, Rachel, and we were talking. Let me see if I can actually pull up the data right now. And I was like, do you mind sharing your 
A1Cs since you've done TP100. Keep in mind, she started doing TP100 in 2020. So she started with us, I believe, in July of 2020. And before then, her A1Cs were in the 12s. She had gotten them. So let's see, 2016, she was at a 12.2. And I've gotten permission to share this, by the way. She was at a 12.2 in 2016. By 2017, she was around 11.8. 2019, that did lower into 8.7. And when she joined our program, she was at a 6.8. And that had been the lowest A1C that she had seen in years. She had been living with diabetes for about 20 years at that point. Now, when she joined us, she was on multiple daily injections. She had been living with diabetes for over 20 years. So a common myth that we hear is that the longer that you've been living with diabetes, the more in control you should be or the more on top of your management you should feel. This is not the case. And chances are this is not the case because the habits and behaviors and decision-making that you've been implementing from day one are outdated and they are no longer serving again, your per- your personal preferences and your priorities and your lifestyle of where you're at now. And that's exactly where Rachel was when she joined us. She did our July 2020 program. After Keep 100, she was at a 6.3. Um, she had stayed there for about the rest of 2020. And in 2021, she was in the fives for the entire year. Actually, she's been in the fives since her April 23rd, 2021 A1C. Since then, she has been 5.9, 5.6, 5.8, 5.4, and her most recent A1C was November 13th, 2023. You can see that by going through our framework, we're not just helping you lower your A1C, we're helping you keep it there. So again, I'm going to be walking you through those steps inside of this podcast so that you know exactly what to do walking into 2024 so that you can see similar results. So the first place that we need to start, and again, like I say this in every episode that has to do with goals or habits, this is not the sexy thing to do, but the very first thing that you need to do is actually define what your goals are. So the reason for this is because if you do not have goals set, then you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're just hoping for something to stick and you're not actually moving towards the goals that you want to achieve. So I'm not really like a resolutions person. I think that resolutions are a little bit too vague. Usually these are really huge goals. I like to break them down a little bit more through our Keep 100 goal setting process. Now I'm not going to take you through the whole process because we do have another episode on this specifically and you can find that in episode 12 we'll link it inside of the show notes but to give you a quick overview every member inside of keep 100 um, sets three main goals one is their diabetes goal another one is their mindset goal and third is their life goal now there's a few reasons for this Um, Number one being that we don't want to have too many diabetes goals because then we become so overwhelmed with implementation and information and we really just want to set one and done. Make it one so then you can continue with the rest after and build off of the foundations that you have already built. Number two is because we know that diabetes is more than just the data. We know that it's so much more than just counting your carbs and taking your insulin to make these sustainable, we need to have the proper mindset to support these changes. So that's why we have our mindset goal. And third, we have our life goal because we want a management style that we don't need a break from. 
and that doesn't have to get in the way of our life goals. We want these to work in correlation with each other. We want these to work in harmony with each other. And we believe that there's more to you as a person than just your diabetes management. So we're always asking people, what is that life goal? And if you can't achieve the the big life goal in only 10 weeks, what is the first step that will allow you to move the needle forward? So maybe it's going back to school. You can't graduate in only 10 weeks, but maybe it's looking for that degree or deciding on a program that you want to do. So we always ask our clients, what is that life goal that will that you want to achieve alongside of diabetes. So with that, when you're maybe you're writing down those goals right now, if you have a pen and paper, um, one thing that I want you to keep in mind when making those goals is that we want to focus on how will this increase the quality of your life and how can we not define this as quantity? So quality over quantity. Um, So with this, maybe it's, I want to feel more confident in my diabetes management. I want to feel more confident walking into my next endocrinologist appointment. I would rather see you set a goal like that rather than I want to see an A1C of 5.5 or I want to see a time and range of 100%. The reason being is because when you set a quantitative goal, you are setting yourself up for failure. The second that you don't reach that exact mark that you wrote down, you're, you pretty much have that pass or fail mentality. We want to make sure that our goals are qualitative and focusing on how they're going to support our quality of life rather than quantity. Now, the other tip I'm going to give you that we talk about in the other episode is how to make them towards focused. So we have our towards focused goals and we have our away from focused goals. Now, imagine you're away from focused goals as you're moving away from something. So this is more of highlighting the negative. So an example of this is I want to lose five pounds or I want to stop having high blood sugars. You're moving away from your current weight. You're moving away from your high blood sugars. Whereas towards motivated goals are you are moving towards that goal. So maybe it's I want to feel more confident in my body. I want to feel more strong in my body. I want to feel more confident in my endocrinologist office. You can see how with those goals, you're moving towards your new goal. Now, the best way that I can explain this is that imagine that you are at the airport, you're, you're, you know, you're coming home from a trip and you're calling an Uber. When you get inside of that Uber, you are not going to say, take me away from the airport. Why? Because that's very vague and that can be leading you anywhere. Whereas you're going to tell the Uber driver, take me to this address, take me to this exact place. And you are now moving towards your destination. So it's a very specific destination and you are more likely to get to your destination because you know exactly where you're going. So if there's anything that I can encourage you to do when you're setting your 2024 goals is make it so that you're moving towards something, not away from something that you don't want. And then last but not least, as a bonus tip, and this one actually comes from James Clear. He is the author of Atomic Habits. I highly recommend this book, but we want to make our goals so that they are identity focused and not outcome focused. So an example here is that instead of saying, I want to run more, 
I want you to say, I want to become a runner. A runner obviously runs, <laughs> but it's more identity focused. And going into your diabetes management, we want to say things like, I want to become a person who's empowered with diabetes. I want to be more positive with my diabetes. I want to become a positive person. Instead of saying, I want to have good outcomes. I want to have good blood sugars. When you're more fulfilled by the identity, you're going to see yourself as that person and these goals are going to become more sustainable. So those are the bonus hot tips for goals setting. Again, I'm going to link in the other episodes. So if you haven't taken the time to actually lay out your 2024 goals, that's going to be number one where you want to start. Now we're kicking off the actual roadmap of things. So this is going to be exactly where to start today. So if you're listening to this episode, the one thing that I want you to take away from this is what am I going to start with today? And that's going to be at step one, which is this. So if I were to start my diabetes journey today, not be, not being that I'm diagnosed with diabetes today, but if I were to start really focusing in on my blood sugars and I were to say, I really want to make this the year that I am feeling confident in my management, that I am developing sustainable habits, the very first place that I need to start is by spending a week actually tracking my habits. Now, again, this is not the most sexy thing to do. This is not the most exciting thing to do. And honestly, it takes a lot of ownership to do because it takes a lot of ability to self-reflect and doing that without judgment and without critique and without the guilt and shame. Because the thing is, there's actually... Our habits define us more than anything else in the world, and our habits are actually really difficult to change. Chances are, again, if you're in the new year, you've probably tried to change your habits and you end up going right back to your default habits. So this process is going to help you actually change your habits and rebuild them in a more you know, conducive way. So the very first thing that you want to do, and I would 100% recommend grabbing your Keep You 100 journal for this one. If you haven't gotten it already, you can grab it on Amazon. It is only $20, the best resource that you'll get for your diabetes management. You want to take a week to simply track the habits that you are already doing. Again, not the most fun thing to do, but definitely the most important. Now, the thing is, usually as we grow in our diabetes management, if you've been living with diabetes for years and years, these habits are, they, they almost become like a muscle, right? So we have these habits and if they're not supporting us in the best way, we're actually growing the wrong muscles. So what we want to do is reverse engineer our habits and build them to be stronger, give us a better foundation for our daily decisions, give us a better foundation for the daily variability that we face. So what you'll do is, again, take out your Keep 100 journal and you're simply going to not change anything. You are not going to change a single thing. You are not going to try to do everything perfectly, but you're just going to track what am I already doing? What are my default habits that are already on autopilot? I'm talking you're going to track your water intake, maybe the amount of steps that you're taking in a day, the amount of movement that you're getting in in a week, the quantity and quality of sleep, and then the amount of balanced meals that you're having in a day. And last but not least, but the amount of times that you are making mindful, bolus decisions. So how many times a day you are actually looking at your meal and saying, this is going to be how I'm going to bolus for this meal instead of maybe guesstimating your carbs or just saying, this looks about five units. 
Now, when you have those, when you have this sheet, we're just going to make tallies, right? So we're just tallying, okay, did I move my body this day? Did I drink? How many cups of water did I drink? And we are going to take those at the end of the week. And I want you to track at least bare minimum three days of habits. We're going to take that chart. And again, you can find this in your Keep 100 journal. Um, but we're going to take that and we're going to tally those all up at the end of the week. And we are going to see what habits are supporting us and what habits are not. And with the, that tally, with that total, what are the habits that need my attention? Chances are, if you haven't gone through this type of exercise before, you might see several, or you might see two or three that you were like, okay, this needs my attention, this needs my focus. What you're going to do with that information is you're going to circle it. So one, we're gonna we're gonna highlight the one things that are going well. We're gonna check those off. We're gonna say, I'm gonna continue doing that. I'm gonna continue to keep those in my routine. The habits that need your focus, we're going to highlight them in a different color or circle them, and we are going to choose just one habit to focus on. Now, this is where things are different because, again, every other program that you see, every other book that you read, it's telling you to tackle everything at once, right? So like the 75 hard challenge, you're suddenly exercising every day, you're suddenly eating completely different meals than you once were, you're suddenly changing your entire routine. In our Keep 100 method, we are only changing one thing at a time, and that's exactly what makes it sustainable. So you're going to circle these habits that you want to bring your attention to. Maybe you're not sure exactly where to start. There's two ways that you can decide what habit to focus on. Number one, it can be one that directly correlates with your diabetes goal. Again, maybe your diabetes goal is that you want to increase your time and range. So maybe this is where we say we want to focus in on our mindful bolusing. However, if you can't find one that directly correlates or that just feels overwhelming to start with, we are going to start with the lowest hanging fruit. So which habit will be the easiest for us to tackle when we're considering our day-to-day lifestyle, our day-to-day routine? So maybe this is your drinking more water. Maybe this is adding in fiber into your plate so that you have a more balanced plate. This can be anything on your list. If you haven't done that already, make that chart where you can track your habits, grab your Keep 100 journal as a pre-template for you to already just pull from, and that's going to be the very number one thing that you want to do. Now, when you're deciding, you decided your habit that you want to take from or that you want to start focusing on, you want to anchor that into your day. If you're not familiar, an anchor is a new habit that we're attaching to a pre-existing behavior. So we already have our pre-existing behaviors in our day. We wake up, we eat breakfast, we brush our teeth, we drink water, we make our coffee, whatever it is. These are already built into your day and these are solid. These are things that are not going anywhere. So why not build on top of them? So what you'll do is you'll kind of take this template of when I blank, I will blank. So when I brush my teeth in the morning, that's your pre-existing habit. I will pre-bolus for breakfast. That's your new habit. When I make my cup of coffee in the morning, pre-existing behavior, I will drink a cup of water. New habit. See how that kind of flows together and it's adding to a routine that you already have instead of completely overhauling your day and trying to build new habits in places that you're not really sure where to start. 
the very first thing that you should be doing, again, is tracking your habits and reverse engineering them to build more supportive ones. Now, number two, this is step two. You're not doing this while you are tracking your habits. You are doing this after. So again, this is not going to be a one-week turnaround. This is not going to be something that you just pick up and do and get done in 24 hours. This is a process. And again, this is why it is so sustainable. So step two is you need to take the time to master your baselines. And yes, this still includes you if you are on an automated pump. So regardless of if you are on manual daily injections, if you're on a manual mode on your pump, or if you're on automated mode, you need to understand your basal rates, your carb ratios, and your correction factors. Why? Well, that's the foundation of your diabetes management. That's the foundations of every single meal you eat, every single decision that you make. If these are not on par, then it doesn't matter what blood sugar strategies you're using because these are the foundation. These are the rocks. So chances are also, if you're listening, you probably have gone to your endocrinologist appointment. They're probably looking at your data and they say, we see a pattern of high blood sugars here. We're going to increase your basal rate or make sure that you're getting more insulin with your carb ratios. Now, the reason why this isn't always conducive to our management is because they're not always going to the root cause of that trend. So they might not see that you're not pre-bolusing. They might not see that maybe you're, t- you're eating a snack that you're not bolusing for, or that's a stressful time where it's more of an adrenaline. Um, a lot of times they're not getting to the root cause, so these changes in your baselines are actually compensating for other factors. So what you want to do is you want to get, the, get down to the root cause and actually make sure that you are feeling so unbelievably confident in your baselines. This is going to make it so that you are confident whenever you're taking an insulin dose, whenever you're correcting for a high blood sugar, whenever you're eating a new meal, whenever you're going to sleep and you're, you want to trust that your basals are accurate. These are the foundation. And when it comes down to it, if you're on an automated pump, the automated mode can only work as strongly as your baselines. So your settings need to be on point. So this is where you're going through basal rate tests. So you're doing these one at a time, not for the whole day. You're going through carb ratio testing and correction factor testing. Again, these are all templates and things that we have outlined in the Keep You 100 journal. So if you haven't grabbed that already, this is already outlined in there. This is going to be the the next step in the framework. That was number two. Again, that takes time. You are not going to get that done in a week. It might take a month. And the thing about your baselines is that when you understand the testing process and you understand your body's baseline needs, it means that making changes in the future is going to become a lot easier. So I'm able to confidently know when to make changes for my menstrual cycle, when maybe season changes, or when I'm just feeling more insulin resistant. I know when things need to be changed. Number three is that we need to address our decision-making defaults. Again, not fun and takes a lot of ownership and ability to self-reflect, but but this is so important because, again, we are given this basic decision-making equation when we walk into our diagnosis. We're taught, count your carbs, take your insulin, and then try your best to prevent a higher low blood sugar. 
In reality, there are a lot of other factors that we need to take into account, and there's a lot of other pieces of the equation that we're not taught to address. So what we want to do is actually check in with our decision-making defaults. What is that process that is happening every time we're making a decision? You've probably heard it before. People with diabetes are making 180 plus decisions every single day. So we need to make sure that decision-making process is working efficiently and it's working optimally. So how do we do that? We want to address things like what are the emotions that are driving each decision? There's going to be a lot, a huge difference between when we make a decision out of confidence versus when we make a decision out of fear. Those two different emotions will put you on a drastically different cycle and different path and get you a different outcome in that daily decision. We need to check in with what are the questions that we're asking ourselves. If we are just asking how many carbs are in this plate instead of asking what are the macronutrients of this meal, again, we're going to get very different results. So what are the questions that you're asking yourself when you're making each of your daily decisions? And these might change based off of if you are eating a meal or if you are doing activity, whatever it is. We want to check in with what are the fears and hurdles that we're facing when making a decision? What outside factors are coming into play? Do I have a fear of low blood sugars? Do I have a fear of high blood sugars? Do I have a fear of doing activity after my meal? These are the different things that we want to check in on because these may be influencing your decision making more than you think and they need to be addressed to be able to make more optimal decisions in the long run. And last but not least, we need to check in, how are we using the data for next time? If you are not using the data at all, that's probably something that we want to check in on and make sure that we are able to reflect on and use efficiently for our next, the next time. And there's always a time and place when to reflect on the data. You want, we want to see, is this a, a trend or is this an occurrence? If this is a trend, yes, let's investigate more. If this is just an occurrence, it might not be worth your using all of your mental energy to look into it further. So always use your best discretion there. And the last but not least, the last thing that I would do if I were just really kicking off my diabetes journey and really looking deeper into my blood sugar management is I would apply for Keep You 100. Keep You 100, if you're not familiar with it, is our 10-week hybrid coaching experience where we are helping you gain more predictability in your diabetes management without sacrificing the things that you love. So we have a full coaching team, full coaching panel that's here to support you for the next 10 weeks. We have myself, Coach Val, who is our women's wellness coach. We have Coach Jess, who is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist and we have coach katie who is our accountability and client success coach we are all going to work together to walk you through the three steps that we had just laid out and even further we're going to walk you through the strategies that we teach our framework and all of the blood sugar tools that you need not only for this year but beyond we are kicking off on January 9th and we already have almost a full roster. We have about four spots left because we keep this group very intimate to make sure that you're getting the support that you need. So if this sounds like you want to see this framework through and through, you want to take these steps and take it really seriously so that you can see sustainable results for the long term, then I'm going to link the application in the show notes so you can take, take the next five minutes, fill out the application, and then what happens from there is 
is that we will, you know, either approve your application or give you resources that might be a better fit. And if we approve your application, we will offer you a consultation call where you will chat with me and make sure that this is the perfect fit for your journey and get you onboarded for January 9th. So you can find the application in the link in my bio if you're like, yes, these are the steps that I need to take because I know that they're going to get me long-term results. That is in the bio. But I I hope everybody has an amazing start to their 2024 and I can't wait to see what this year brings and we can't wait to see you on the next episode of the podcast.